Welcome to Equip, a special edition of the Teen Pact podcast brought to you by the Teen Pact Alumni Network. Here, we provide tools and resources to help you navigate your career, grow in your faith, and equip you to glorify God through your talents and passions. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Teen Pact Alumni Network Equip podcast. The idea for the Equip podcast is to do just that, to equip you in various areas as we work as we work with our alumni and share valuable information. I am your host for today, Peter Martin. I am the president and CEO of Teen Pack Leadership Schools, have been doing this for 13 years. And today I'm very grateful to have Chris Randazzo on the line. Chris is a husband, a Teen Pack dad. Uh, father and grandfather, and he works for uh, Crew in the area of helping young people and older people to have a positive view of marriage, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our goal is to give you a positive view of marriage, that there are many resources available that make marriages great. Uh, I think both of us have been married over 30 years, and we can very much vouch for that, so we're grateful to have Chris Randazzo on the line. Thank you for being here, Chris. Thank you, Peter. I'm thrilled to be here with you and and excited to, to talk to the Team Pack audience once again. That's great. Well, we're grateful to have you. Chris has, in the past, you've worked as a class director for us as well as being a Team Pack dad. So you want to share mm-hmm. a little bit about your history with Team Pact and your family as well? Yeah, yeah. So we, um, I think my oldest son started in Team Pack probably uh, around 1999, it was uh, it was it was a while ago. We have six sons and a daughter, and every one of our kids have been involved in Teen Pack. Uh, some more involved than others. Um, if uh, if you've been as an alumni in Teen Pack for a while, you might know the name Randazzo either from Anthony or Vincent or Philip. All three of them have served as uh, directors at some point. Uh, we love Team Pack. We love what it stands for. We love the idea of equipping young people to be leaders. We love the idea of equipping young people to understand the political culture so they can be involved. And we especially love equipping young people with, uh, I'll say, tools for the faith because we need them. We all need them. Absolutely. Yeah, so I had the chance think- to interact with uh, several of your young your younger ones on the younger end, including Vince, as he served as an intern and then as a program director for us a few years ago. So. Yes, yes. So uh, if I back it up a little farther, I'd love to give you actually my testimony and it's actually why I'm so, um, I think, passionate to talk to young people about their faith is because I came to Christ uh, as a young person myself. Uh, when I say young, I'll, I say I was a freshman at Michigan State University uh, when I came to faith. I was I was involved in, I'll just say, one of those uh, mainline denominational churches where you went to church on Sunday morning mm-hmm. for an hour, and that was about it. Um, but when I went to Michigan State, I found myself making, um, I'll say choices and decisions that I could tell were not going to take me down the path I wanted to be. And God was gracious enough to get my attention to a number of different people. And one of them was uh, a guy I was working with in the dormitory grill. His name was Scott. 
one day as we were flipping pizza dough together, my friend Scott said, hey, Chris, have you ever heard of the four spiritual laws? <laughs> nice four-point outline on the gospel. Uh, no, I hadn't heard of the four spiritual laws. And he actually shared with me, actually pulled out a yellow booklet. And for those of you, if you've ever had a chance to share your faith and you have a tool like a little yellow booklet or a green booklet or blue booklet or whatever you use, don't be afraid to do that. Uh, he wasn't afraid to use it with me and it helped. He helped me understand that God loved me and had a plan for my life. Now, as a person growing up in church, I knew that God loved me. He helped me understand the second law was that Jesus Christ, or, or that, excuse me, that man is sinful and can't know God. And so I, I knew as a young 18, 19 year old that I was pretty sinful and experienced a lot. So I didn't have to be told that. The third thing he said was that Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. And, you know, I heard that in church. I kind of believed that to be true. And that wasn't new information to me. But he got to the fourth point. He said that we need to individually make a decision to follow Jesus. I had never done that before. Mm. So my thought was simply, hey, if there's more to knowing God than what I'm doing, why would I not want to do that? I'd be an idiot, right? Right. I, I prayed the suggested prayer. It really did uh, reflect the desires in my heart. And I invited Jesus into my heart and I began to follow him. And I began to make my faith something that was important to me every day, not just on Sunday mornings. And that's my testimony. Uh, then I asked my friend Scott to take me to these meetings he was a part of. He was involved with the ministry of Crew. At the time, it was called Campus Crusade for Christ. Now we call it Crew. And he took me to these meetings like two weeks after I was a new believer. He uh, introduced me to essentially who became my wife, Connie. <laughs> she was at the first meeting I went to. And um, we were friends for a couple of years before we began to date. And when we started dating and it was clear that we were going to get engaged, my friend Scott said to me, Hey, you guys got to go to the weekend to remember. It's a marriage conference sponsored by Crew. And I, I told him, Scott, we can't afford to do that. We're paying for our own wedding. Uh, and he just looked at me square in the eye and said, Chris, you can't afford not to. And he was right. Peter, you've been to the weekend to remember, so you know, you know what we talk about. But essentially, at that time, as a young person engaged, my wife and I learned what a Christian marriage meant. We learned what God's purpose and plan was for marriage. And, and we learned how we can be successful. Uh, we said we should do something every year, if at all possible. So we went back four years in a row before we ended up coming on staff full time with the ministry. So Chris, I have, uh, a, I have a, a follow-up question to that. Uh, weekend to remember, you said it's a marriage conference. You were engaged. So tell me a little bit about how that, uh, how that was, is you going as an engaged couple? Because I'm sure they talk about uh, well, not I'm sure I know as it, having attended, talk about things like conflict in marriage and mm -hmm. communication over finances and other uh, issues about intimacy. How does that work for uh, an engaged couple? Well, for us, I'll tell you how it worked. We were clueless. <laughs> you know, neither of us had a good example of what Christian marriage looks like. Uh, and I think even if you have that with your parents, but praise God for that. A lot of people don't have that. But we we were presented with the right tools 
early on in, in our relationship. And so because of the nature of the event, it's biblical principles, and they present in an extremely practical manner, this event is, is effective and, and practical, whether you're pre-married, whether you are married for zero to five years, or whether you've been married 50 years. Mm -hmm. There's always room to grow. And if we learn one thing at that first event and everyone since then, it's you got to be a student of your marriage, a student of your spouse. Because you're changing, she's changing, your marriage relationship is constantly moving. And if you're not proactive and taking initiative to grow together, then the natural drift is to grow apart. Yeah. So so it's applicable for pre-marriage. And I'll, I'll say it's applicable for even if pre-engaged. We're, we're actually headed to Montgomery this weekend. Uh, by the time this airs, that will be behind you. But uh, we're, we're in charge of several of these Weekend Remember events. And there are a few people coming that don't even have a boyfriend and girlfriend. They're just coming to learn about what Christian marriage is about. And I applaud that. That is fantastic to learn what you should be looking for in Christian marriage even before you begin dating. Yeah, that is admirable to be so intentional about the idea of Christian marriage or of marriage and certainly Christian marriage. Uh, do participants learn about you know, kind of what our culture is saying about marriage and what would you share with us about e the lies or the misconceptions that people are hearing and uh, sometimes even believing, unfortunately, today? Yeah, I mean, the conference talks a lot about the hardships of marriage. That's true. Uh, there are struggles in marriage. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, if you know somebody, here's how you know how somebody is struggling in their marriage. Um, they're married. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it's not easy because human nature kicks up. And so uh, we talk about the common, um, common issues people face in marriage. So for couples who attend this weekend, remember, and it's it's a big event held in, in, a, in a hotel. So you, there could be 500 to 1,000 people there, but it's a conference for two people. And you're going to recognize very quickly that the things that you deal with are very common to all marriages. Uh, but, but to your question, we don't really address what the culture thinks about it. We, we address what God thinks about it. But, but I think culture views marriage very poorly today. I didn't take rocket scientists to look around and see things that are happening in a culture. Um, but I'll just say, even, even within the realm of those who believe that marriage is for one man and one woman, um, we find a lot of people still don't value marriage. Uh, they're maybe living together before they get married. Um, maybe they're afraid because of what they've heard about the divorce rate. And that that's kind of what I wanted to address here, that We've heard for years that the divorce rate is 50%. Half of all marriages end in divorce. Uh, I just want you to know that is not a true statement, and it is a misrepresentation of statistics. Here's what I mean. Say in a given county, there are a 1,000 marriages, and in that same month, 1,000 marriages, 500 couples divorce. So in one month, you have a 50% divorce rate. That's what that term means. If you look aggregate over a year, marriages to divorces 
it might look like 50%, but that does not mean that half of all marriages end in divorce. Right. right. People don't get divorced. So I just think it's, it's bad to tell people that because man, marriage is already hard. You don't want to get started with the thought that you only have a 50, 50 chance of making it. <laughs> That's right. very discouraging. Right. So um, here, here's what I found with a study that Shanti Feldman had recently done several years ago. And I think this probably reflects true statistic today. Probably closer to 33 to 34% of marriages end up in divorce. That's better than 50%. It's right. still not good. Now, you may have also heard that Christian marriages, and, you know, in the church, the divorce rate is the same. And it's it's true that a lot of our Christian brothers and sisters end up in failed marriages or relationships where they get divorced. But it is not the same. I guarantee you it's not. We have found, and Shanti Feldhan's research showed that probably closer to 23 to 25%. If you are active in a local church, you're in a small group, so you get some accountability, and you read your Bible, mm. uh, you may have a 23 to 25% chance of divorce. But here is the most encouraging thing that we have found. And this has been proven out that couples who pray together on a regular basis, pray together on a regular basis, the divorce rate is less than 1%. That's very encouraging, especially as you compare it to that, the, the 50% number that you said gets thrown mm -hmm. around a lot. That is, that's very encouraging. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's a huge thing. And, and, you know, praying together is not easy because it takes a lot of humility, but that's why I believe it lends itself to stronger marriages because you can't really remain prideful and pray for another person, pray with yeah. another person. It's just hard to do. Uh, but you grab your spouse's hand and you pray together. It's one of the most intimate things that you can do is to come before the maker of heaven and earth and, and, and be on on your knees on behalf of one another it's a it's a fantastic thing and i don't say that we do it perfectly either uh but it's just a it's a great way to divorce proof your marriage is what it is well and as you said the important thing is to pray together it's not to say a specific prayer together that's going to guarantee it uh, right so yeah just the, the fact that you pray even as uh, uncomfortable as that may be at the beginning or on uh, uncertain of your words, the idea is to just begin that uh, that very important aspect of of a marriage and when you gather mm -hmm. together. Now, I'm I'm sure that churches, uh, many churches around the country, will communicate about these weekend to remembers and other resources that are available. So that's great for our alumni who are who are a little bit further along in their walk uh, after Teen Pact. For those that are a little bit younger, so right out of college uh, or in college, what uh, what would you recommend for resources or information to do to prepare for these this time of marriage, to prepare for engagement? I love the idea of going to a weekend re to remember, but if you're in college, you may not even be familiar with that. What other resources could you recommend, Chris? Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that question because it really... It, it speaks to a passion that I have to tell young people about yeah. these resources. And let me preface that with a story. Uh, a year and a half ago, I was sitting at the kitchen 
table with my brother-in-law up in Detroit. His son had just graduated from Michigan State, and he and several of his buddies were were over together because one of them was getting married. And and get this, Peter, they were involved with the Ministry of Crew at Michigan State, and and he's getting ready to get married. And and my brother-in-law Frank introduces me as, yeah, Kristen, he's with the Ministry of Crew, and he's with their family life division, and and blank stares like, what? What is that? Like, what? You don't? You've never heard of? A family life ministry of crew that we can remember. And it blew my mind that they had not heard of our ministry, even though family life is a ministry of crew. And honestly, since then, I've talked to a number of campus directors. And you know what? They may be talking about dating relationships at college. They may be talking about sex and relationships. They're not talking a whole lot about marriage, and they're certainly not talking about marriage resources. Mm. So unless you happen to go to a church, and I'm I'm going to throw a number out there because that's a lot of what we do is work with local churches. But honestly, if a third of the local churches have good resources for marriage, that would be a lot. If churches had good resources and used them, family life wouldn't be necessary. Mm. Uh, but we exist to help provide those resources for local churches. And so I'm guessing a lot of your your students might not be aware of what is available. And it's and it's it's why I'm passionate about letting people know. So the weekend to remember, we'll we'll go ahead and put the, the link to that event yep. on, on your website. But there are other things that we've got a podcast. Uh week uh, family life today. There's a daily podcast for couples that are married and have families, and it really speaks on a daily basis to the practical things you deal with in everyday marriage and family. But for younger people, we've got another podcast. We've got a podcast called Real Life Loading, real life loading dot, 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 right? Mm. If you're young, you know what that dot, dot, dot means. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're there. So that's that's hosted by uh, a young guy named Shelby Abbott, and Shelby was involved for many years within our campus ministry. So he understands how our college students think and feel. And and um, real life loading is about the real everyday issues that you face as a young person. So I recommend that. Um, we'll put the link to that as well. He actually wrote a book called "What's the Point." What's the point addresses uh, why get married, right? Why not just live together? It's a it's a short book. It's got six chapters. The first three chapters are about statistics about living together and why you think it might be good, but it really isn't. And then the next three chapters are about why marriage is good. So love that book. Recommend that to anyone who's who's thinking, oh, maybe we'll just live together. And that's Honestly, Peter, it's epidemic in our culture today, even in the church. So, um, but there are tons of other resources. There's uh, websites. Um, there are ministries. And I'd be happy to share a few of them. But honestly, Family Life, we try to connect with a lot of these ministries that are doing good things. But you could go to familylife.com and research articles online any subject you want to put in and we'll have articles and podcasts uh, and maybe even events to help with that 
Well, that's great. We will, and as Chris said, we will provide links to these and some other resources that we are familiar with that we recommend, that I recommend to others as well, and uh, just to give you some, some good resources out there. Because as you said, Chris, it's never too early to start thinking about what makes a, uh, a good, a solid marriage or a Christian, biblically-based marriage. Um, so this is, this is real helpful to be able to provide some of these resources to yeah. our alumni. For, for some of you, if you're already engaged, uh, we've got a resource called, resource called Preparing for Marriage. Um, and that's just a very helpful tool. Uh, you can buy the book and read it, or you can be in a small group with it. Um, you know what? I, I kind of wonder, more and more, we're finding, and this could be true with our, our uh, Team Pack audience here, that you may be in a dating relationship with somebody who's been previously married, maybe even has kids, either from a previous marriage or just previous relationship. So you're might, you might be asking questions, well, this man or this woman is really godly but but should i be getting into uh, a relationship and considering marriage if, if they've already got this uh, whether it's previous relationship or children so we don't think that's a bad thing we just think you should be prepared well for that right so one of our resources is called preparing to blend in those cases we call it a blended family when you or your spouse were previously married, either because of a divorce or death of a spouse or children from previous relationships. There's a lot of different ways to define a blended family today. Uh, and I think across the board, it would be wrong to say that's a bad thing to consider because there are some godly men and women out there who just have been in situations that have not done what they wanted. And uh, we're not about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And you know what? God isn't either. God's grace is so amazing. And uh, so even if you did have a previous relationship where you blew it and you find yourself, you know, you know backside of, of a marriage that did not work and end well, uh, that does not mean your life is over. God's grace is amazing. And um, there are right ways and wrong ways to go forward. And, and we got a resource called Preparing to Blend that I think helps you think through all those well. Yeah, I think the important thing is that we can't make one assumption about marriage that it has to work a particular way because it is blending two individuals. And those two individuals bring family dynamics with them. They bring uh, other relationships with them, whether that's through unfortunately through a divorce or just uh, maybe dating when they were younger. And the important thing is to communicate up front so you are aware of what you are, both of you, what you are getting into, which is why retreats and resources and counseling, all of those are valuable resources that uh, we hope our, our students and, and alumni take advantage of. Yeah. So I think, if, if I were to leave your listeners with one main overriding thought, it, it's that idea of being a student, student of yourself and student of your, your relationship and your marriage. Take initiative, learn what you can. Don't ever think you've arrived because the day you've arrived is the day you're going to be unhappy. 
<laughs> the day you think you've arrived. Uh, arriving never happens until we come into glory. Um, but find marriage events. I, you know what? Again, Family Life believes in partnering with other ministries. We're not the only marriage ministry out there. There's a number of other good ones. But do something and do something every year and do something regularly for your marriage, for your relationship, to do things right. Yeah, that's very, very helpful. I, I love that concept of being a student of yourself and of your spouse, as you said, and and preparing uh, for marriage and then continuing that study uh, throughout marriage is, is very critical. And uh, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to be with us, Chris. As I've mentioned a couple of times, we have a number of resources that we've gone through very quickly. We will have links to those and find some others and share those with you in the notes from today. We greatly appreciate Chris and his family, the impact that they've made on Teen Pact over the years and that they're continuing even today with your uh, with none of your children involved. But uh, you shared at the very outset that you have with me before we got on that you have some grandkids that uh, maybe in another few years you'll, we'll start seeing the next generation of Randazzo's at Teen Pact. Ready for round two. All right. Well, we have really enjoyed our years with Teen Pact, and um, I enjoyed uh, a lot being a, a class director and being able to present on the three evenings that we were given uh, who is God and who is Christ, who, you know, and why we should believe in him. And I think those are important, uh, clearly important. So someday, maybe come back and help out a little bit. It'd be great. Sounds great when when uh, when the grandkids start coming to class and then we can come back. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much, Chris. And for all of you listeners, pray you have a blessed day. <laughs>